Good morning. My name is Kent Holland, and I am the uh, worship pastor here. If you're a guest, I, everybody else knows that. I don't need to go into that. But anyway, we're glad you're here if you're a guest, and uh, we want you to make yourself at home. We hope that you feel at home. Um, we decided, and I want to tell you this state up front, that uh, we decided when, when we talked about the future as far as Sundays, that our staff was united that we want, to, we, we want to be here. We want to be up here on Sunday mornings, and we want to share with you guys. And so, yeah, well, I stepped up and said that. Well, <laughs> I stepped up and said that, and then they put me first. You know what I mean? What's up with that? And, uh, but it's really, it's really amazing how God's timing is always, is always right, you know? It's always right. And uh, boy, sometimes I can really train wreck it and try to do that, you know. But anyway, today we're going to start a new series called The Counselor. And uh, for those that have been uh, are familiar with counseling, it involves, you know, asking questions and listening. And so we're going to look at uh, a couple of things over the next few, four weeks, actually. Today, uh, the first question is, why are you afraid? Next week, we're going to look at, do you believe I can do this? Third week will be, do you want to be well? And then on Easter Sunday, the question is, why do you doubt? And we've decided, as I said earlier, to spread this out. And I got the first one. And, and you know, it's ironic. Like I said, God's timing is amazing because I am the church. I am the staff warrior. Amen. You've all heard this. I know he said it before up here and laughed about it and joked about it. I am the one that, that you know. And, and here's the thing. I, I never really realized that I worried. But you take worry and mix it with ADD, man, it's like off the hook. <laughs> and I got both. You know, and I'm not joking about ADD. I'm telling you the truth, and I bring that up because uh, I was diagnosed with that a few years ago. Thanks to my lovely wife. By the way, this is my wife on the front row here this morning. Stand up, sweetheart, and turn around. I want you to know who she is because she teaches a class. I know. I'm married up. I know. I know. I looked a lot better when I was 21. But uh, anyway, I, she teaches a class, and a lot of you have asked me, said, who is, who is your wife? I don't think I've ever met her, and I, so now you have. And I thank God for her, but my story goes back to this. I was telling her about, well, they've picked me to do the first one. And she said, well, what's it, on, what's it about? And I said, fear. And she said, oh, that's good. <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes we can really fool ourselves. You know, you, th- you see yourself one way, and then other people see you another way, right? So I sat down with, with her, and I said, help me out with this. I said, uh, so what am I afraid of? And after she got up off the floor laughing, she said, you're afraid of everything. She said, you worry about worry. And I came in the office. I thought, well, that's just my wife. We've been married so long. You know, it's just, that's the way that goes. And so I went to one of the administrative assistants and I said, so what do you see me being afraid of? She said, everything. It was the exact same words, you know, and I was like, that's really crazy, you know? So I made a list and I put this list together, and we're going to get to that in just a minute, but I want to read this story to you. Let's go back. I'm, you know, I can't even stay with the songs for four verses. I don't know what they expect me to do with this. And uh, I used a, a different version. Give me the scripture, because I do want to read that. Will you stand with me as we read God's word together? Check this out. This is one of the coolest stories. I love this. On the same day when the evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And on the other little boats were with them also. And a great windstorm arose. 
and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. we got a panic problem here, don't we? We've got a situation. But he was in the stern, and he was asleep on a pillow. They awoke him and said to him, Teacher, look at that word, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And then he arose, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace be still. I like that. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Father, thank you for your word. We pray your blessings upon it. We pray, God, that we would hear a word from you today, that your Holy Spirit will speak to each one of us. And when we leave here today, God, may we be doers of your word and not just hearers only. And all of God's people together said, amen. Amen. Have a seat. So Jesus is, is, is uh, a little backdrop on this, is teaching, you know, he's preaching in the, in, the, in the third chapter. They come into the fourth chapter, he's done some, told some parables. They come into the fourth chapter, he steps out on this boat, and he's standing in this boat, and the crowd's on the, on the shore, and he's preaching to these folks. Wow, talk about a tradition breaker. And he's preaching truth, and they know he's preaching truth. And then he says to these guys, hey, let's go over to the other side. And they're on the Sea of Galilee, so they start across this, this water, and here they go, and it's, it's, it's 680 feet below sea level, and there's mountains all around this, this, this water place that they're in. And they're going across the water, and all of a sudden, bam, out of nowhere, because of the way of the geographical laying of the land, a storm arises, and they can arise really quick. Anybody ever a storm come out of your life really fast? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So what are you afraid of today? What are you afraid of? Going back to this list. Let's put this list up here. So I'm asking everybody, well, my wife and secretary, what, what am I afraid of? Now, you might find this funny, but this is true. Most of this. This is true. The top ten things, number ten of the thing that I'm afraid of is germs. You can laugh. Some of you know that I'm a fist bumper. I'm not a handshaker, Right? The number nine thing that I'm afraid of is hospitals, because they have germs. Number eight, I'm afraid of crowds, because how do you think germs spread? Number seven, cruise ships, that's trapped with germs. Number six, Todd's driving, enough said, anybody ever rode with him? Number five, speaking in front of large crowds. Number four. Holding babies. I'm not going to read the rest of that. I don't know who put that up there, but anyway. Number three, public doorknobs because they have germs. Number two, my wife. Scared to death of her. And the number one thing I was afraid of is losing my hair. A little late for that, isn't it? Pete thought he'd have some fun with me on that, so I guess he did. But anyway, we all have things that we're afraid of. We all have things that come up in our life, and Jesus is in this boat And he's teaching these guys as they cross the Sea of Galilee. And his boat becomes his sermon illustration as he says, let's go to the other side. You know, I've never been uh, in a sea storm. I've never been on a boat when, you know, the way I've been on a fishing uh, deep sea boat. It got a little rough, but it wasn't anything like this. I was on an airplane one time. I used to fly a lot with the company that went up my job. I flew quite a bit. 
And I remember getting on an airplane one time. We took off, and the landing, the lights, the lights in the aisleway came on. And I've always heard that when those lights come on, you better get ready. I got ready. The things fell out of the top, and, and it was a little panicky. Seriously, I started thinking, what am I going to do, man, if this is it? You know, it was very scary. That's the situation that these guys were in. Now, you may not have been in a storm, a literal storm. You may have never had a literal storm in your life, but I would venture to say that every one of us in this room have had storms in our lives. Maybe it was the storm of a marriage. Maybe it was the storm of a divorce. Maybe it's been a financial storm. Maybe it was the storm of raising a child. Maybe it was a job storm. Storms happen. They're going to happen. That's the first point. Storms are going to happen. Jesus never said that it would be easy. Some people think that because you become a Christian that everything ought to just get well and go away. It's not like that, is it, Chad? Many times it gets more complicated before it settles out. So this furious storm's coming up. Things are happening. And Jesus speaks to this storm and he calms it just like that. So many times in our life when storms come, and I think we as church folks are the best sometimes at hiding it. Come on. We come in here and we go through the motion and we do Sunday. And we never really cry out to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm in a storm. I'm hurting. I need help. He's that close, just like the disciples. I find it interesting. They, they, they put in this account that he was sleeping on a cushion. Isn't that funny? Sleeping on a pillow, that was kind of interesting. Jesus has got this, and he's got you today. Do you ever look at someone and wonder, why has their life like that? You know, man, that guy's got it made. If I could just be like Ray Young, I'd have the world by the tail. Look at him. Man, he's cool. He's got it together. You know, you ever look at somebody like that or whoever, and you just think, man. But you know what? We all have storms, and that's the fact. The fact of the matter is that we have storms. Having Jesus in our boat doesn't mean that a storm isn't going to rock us. Having Jesus in the boat doesn't mean that the storm isn't going to rock you. But I'd rather have Jesus and be in the boat than to be without him in a storm, wouldn't you? Amen? Amen. Amen. Having Jesus in the boat doesn't mean that the storm isn't going to rock you, but it means it will not sink you. It means that you will not sink. Why do storms come? Well, if I knew the answer to that, I'd write a book and move to a warm climate. You'd never see me again. We don't, you know, sometimes they just come. You don't know why they come. Sometimes we make bad decisions. I mean, I've had storms in my life as a result of things that I've done that I'm not proud of, and they come back. But, you know, the bigger question is not the why, but who do you turn to when you have a storm? Who do you turn to? As you write that list down of those things that you're afraid of, it's just something for you to do, something for you to do personally. I would encourage you to write those things in there, things that are bothering you, that you're afraid of. And this is going to become your prayer list for this week. Pray over those and ask Jesus to speak peace in those storms. Let's see what he does. It was Jesus' idea to go over to the other side because there was a need. This is interesting because, you know, if you read the third chapter, the fourth chapter, you can see that he's preaching the gospel. He's telling people about that. And the reason that he crosses this sea is because he wants to get over to the other side because there's a man that's got demons. He's possessed, and Jesus wants to heal him. Can you imagine being the disciples? Man, what are we doing? We just come through a storm. Now he's got this guy that's demon-possessed. What a ride. 
What a ministry. He didn't call those that were whole. He came to call those that are hurting, that are broken. That's the gospel message. and That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we're supposed to be doing as Christian people. He calls us. It was Jesus' idea to go to the other side, but if I'm with Jesus, some of you might say, there shouldn't be a storm. You know, there's people in this congregation that's got a lot of seniority on me, time-wise. And I'd venture to say that we could go around the room and talk about stories and things that's happened in our life, but I want to share one with you. It was one of the bigger storms in my life. Um, I was at another church in 2008. I think that's right. Is that right? Okay. And uh, I told you, I can't do without her. She's... I was in this church. I had, a, I had a really good job. I was traveling, and, and I was selling musical uh, equipment, musical instruments. I had this great job. I had this career. I'd worked for so many years to get to this point. Nothing wrong with that. I was, I was pretty jazzed up about it. And I was leading worship at this church part-time. And um, I was praying for God to speak in my life, to use me, you know what I mean? Because I had a calling on my life. Man, don't pray for something if you don't mean it. You know what I'm saying? So, you remember when the hurricane blew through here? 2008, October, I think it was November. I don't remember when it was like in the fall, right? There was a group of people that came to our church up there where we were, and they were from Burlington, Kentucky. I had no idea. I thought that was a coat factory. (laughs) Burlington. I'd gone down 75, 100 times. I'd seen that sign. I never got off the exit. I I, I think I might have got off on the other side, or maybe right there at the mall. Todd comes to me and says, hey, man, there's some folks here that are listening to me preach and, and they're you know, going to talk to me about and on and on and on. And, and he said, uh, and by the way, I'm not going if you don't. I said, what? About like I do know him normally. What? Are you kidding me? I said, you do what you need to do, man. I got this gig. I'm working in this job. I'm moving up. And the vice presidents of these companies had window seats by the doors. And I said, I'm going to get me a window seat, Lee. That was my plan. I was cruising along. That was my plan. We came over here on a Saturday night, and we, we uh, had a service with you guys, and it was like amazing. It was absolutely amazing from my perspective, and I've had some of you tell me that from the other side. And I knew right then I was in trouble. The storm began. What am I going to do? What happened was, see, there were folks praying on this side. And there were folks praying on the other side. And when you do that, and it comes together, Jesus speaks peace. But now you got to remember, I'm the one that's all hyped up and hopped up and ready. You know, man, i got this under control. I'm figuring out how I'm going to do this. So I come over here, and I do this gig for two years, traveling. I'd leave on Mondays, get home on Friday. Come over here and lead worship. Every other week I was home, I would do the rehearsals. But in my heart, I was like, man, there could be so much more we could do if I could just be there. And I point over there because he was the president, or top of the personnel committee, Mike. And he kept saying, you know, we talk, different ones would come to me and say, when are you going to come over here? When are you coming over here? And I'm like, man, I, I, you know, it was about the money, man. I couldn't give up my job. It was a storm. You hear what I'm saying? It was a storm. But I want to share with you something I've never shared. I've told a few people over here. I began to pray, and my wife was praying. 
And she kept saying, you know, God's calling you over there. You just need to quit fighting it and go. I said, I go every Sunday. I'm there every Tuesday night, every other Tuesday night on Wednesday night, or Tuesday night every other week. I'm there. I got this. Got it. I got it. Rowing my boat, man. I got it, you know. Finally, after a couple of years, you said I muttered on about this. Is that the part that I muttered on? Okay, we sat right here, right here in this aisle where Sister Pat is on an evening. And I said to him, here's the deal. I'm willing to do this. I believe God's got this. And, and we're going to pray about this. And here's the situation. And I gave him the situation. He said, okay. And I went, really? He said, I'll get back to you. I was in a storm, you guys. Man, I was in a storm. I thought, what in the world? How can this happen? How could this, this is like no way here. You know what I mean? I'm like, this, 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 this can't happen. On that Sunday morning, Lee McNeely got up there and you said, we're going to vote on Kent next week on the following Sunday. Do you remember that? And God is my witness. I walked out of this building. We had the old porch. It was before we built the new thing. There was a concrete steps out there. I walked outside. My phone beeped. Went, do, 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 do. You know what I mean? Like you got a message. Touch. It was my boss from Portland, Oregon. He said, I'm coming through Cincinnati on Tuesday. I need to meet with you. I said, well, I got to be in Flint, Michigan on Wednesday. We can get together. <laughs> I went over there on Tuesday, and you know what happened? They laid me and 33 other people off. So I called my wife, the one that's the consoling, you know, help me, you know, the type. And I said, you're not going to believe this. She said, what? I said, I just got laid off. She said, well, he sent three boats and a helicopter. What have you been waiting for? <laughs> now, I told you that as a God praise. Okay. And I want you to get that as a God praise. Because the fact of the matter was, my world was turned upside down. I had my heels dug in. And God was calling me to do something. And when God calls you to do something big, you better hold on. Especially if you start praying, Lord, whatever you want. It's been an incredible, incredible ministry opportunity here. God's got, and we're just getting started. Somebody say amen. I know that to be true. That song says greater things are yet to come, and I believe that today. I believe that today. So that was my struggle. You know, there's been many struggles in my life, many things that's happened, but that's one that I can tell you without a shadow of doubt, I know that God calmed the storm and made it work. And I give him glory and honor and praise for that today. The thing you really need to remember, and I need to remember, is that we might be in a storm. This is point number two, but he is present. Some folks might think that because they're Christians that there's not going to be any storms. You know what? Man, if we could all just have it as good as Noah did. I'm thinking, can you imagine being in that thing for 40 days? The germs? I mean, I'm thinking, cruise ship, nothing, Chad. This is off the hook right here, man. Okay. 
Okay, why don't you think about, let's go this way. Let's go this way. Okay, so we talk about, what about Moses? Here's a guy that's 80 years old. He's about ready to buy a Florida home. God calls him and says, you've got to lead these people to promised land. What? Oh, if we could just have it as easy as Moses, huh? And then there's Daniel. Daniel's one of my favorites. I love him, you know, because here's a guy, the whole world is going this way, and they're falling down and worshiping a God, and they're saying, bow down, and he's saying, I will not. And the next thing he knows, he's probably smelling lion's breath. If we could all just have it as easy as Daniel. It's not going to be easy. If our Lord and Savior ended up that way, what do you think? And he did that because he loves you. And he did that to show you that he's victorious. And he did that because he has the power. I want to tell you something, man. I have been here for however long I've been here, and I have never felt the power of God like I felt it this week. I asked the deacons, by, I said, guys, I'd ask that you pray for me every day by name and our pastor and our staff. It was like plugging into 220, man. I mean, wow. I know you guys do that all the time. You know, humor is part of what I do, but I want you to know I'm very serious about this. I'm very serious about this. Jesus Christ loves you. He loves me. And we're going to have trouble in the world. But he wants to be a part of your life. He wants to be in your life. When you're not sure what tomorrow brings, you know who brings tomorrow. When you're not sure who holds it, know who holds tomorrow and who holds you, and that's Jesus in his hand. That's good news. That's great news. How do you survive? People say, how do you survive? You know, I I read a book. A member of this church brought me a book. Man, this thing is bizarre on your head. Um, A person brought me a a book here in the church, and I read it, and I've shared a copy of it with a couple of you. And, and And the book talks about mortality. It talks about aging. And it was written by a doctor. And this doctor said that as people age, sometimes, sometimes people feel like they lose their purpose. And so he was a doctor that was working in a, in a nursing facility, and he decided that he was going to do something just to see if it worked. So he brings in dogs, cats, birds. Can you imagine? He brings these dogs and cats in, and he said within a matter of just a little short period of time, people started reacting and responding. People who were kind of like lethargic started having, they had somebody in their house. Somebody was in the house. Somebody was in the building. Somebody was in their life, and it made a difference. Have you ever looked at someone that walks with Jesus, that you know truly walks with Jesus, and you go, What is different about them? You know what the difference is? Somebody is in the house. Somebody lives in the building. And his name is Jesus. Amen? The big building, yes. Okay. (laughs) You might be in a storm, but he's present. Here's, Here's another scripture that I've been holding on to this week, and it's one of my favorites. And it's from, uh, from Psalms 46. 
You might want to write this down. I don't think it made the notes. Psalms 46, it says this, God is my refuge and my strength. There's more to that. If you want to read the whole chapter, it just gets better. But that's all you need right there to hold on to. God is my refuge and my strength. What happens when you have a crisis in your life? Well, for me, I kind of go like this first, and then I kind of quit shaking, and I'm thinking, you know, and I go to her, and I go, what are we doing? What are we going to do? And she's like, relax. Over the last 15 years, I've kind of started balancing that out. Wouldn't it be better if we come into a crisis and we go, Lord, you got this. Lord, show me. Lord, before I open my mouth, Lord, before I say the wrong thing, Lord, before I do the wrong thing, Lord, give me strength. Teach me, God. Instruct me in the ways that you want me to go in this situation. She likes Lifetime Channel. I hate that station. (laughs) Anything that's got music, I like it. She'll go in the living room, I walk in, and there's that little thing, that little emblem in the right-hand corner. I know what that is. It's Lifetime. And I'm like, man, if she moves out and gets away from the chair, I got that remote. Change it over to something. I got to find some bluegrass or some, some eagles or Leonard Skinner or something. I got to find something, you know. She'll come in and change it. That's what we have to do with our minds. We have to take control. When something happens in your life, Paul says, think on these things. Whatsoever things are good. Now, I'm not trying to minimize our problems. I'm not trying to minimize the problems in your life. But what I am trying to do is to help you realize and help myself realize that we serve a big God. He created the world. Set this thing into motion. And it's amazing to me. He hears us when we pray. How does that work? I don't understand prayer, but I certainly believe in it. I do believe in it. I do believe in it. You can have trials in your life. You know, back, I got two daughters. Did I tell you that? When you do this twice, you forget what you've told and what part. I have two daughters, and uh, I am so blessed. They're, they're beautiful. I mean, they're, they're just amazing kids. And there was a time when, uh, what was that first thing that came out, the media, the social media thing that was space thing? The, what was it? MySpace, yeah. So we were at this church up in, uh, where, yeah, well, you know where we were, up Ohio. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, kind of got off the track a little bit. I don't think she would mind me telling you this, because uh, I'll tell you the rest of it here in a second. But I loved it, you know, because here, here I was in this church, and they, there were, you know, you could have pictures posted, and so she was traveling through Europe and having a big time. And people would come to me over at the church, and they'd go, Brother Holland, can you hear me? Brother Holland, is your daughter okay? And I'd say, she's working on her testimony. There are seasons in our lives where you've got to hold on, and you've got to keep praying, and you've got to know that God's got this. That same daughter that I'm telling you about, three weeks ago, my six-year-old granddaughter gave her heart to Jesus. Woo! Yeah. And Lord willing, Pappy and Natty's going to be down there and see that kid get baptized. I wish I could tell you that life doesn't have struggles. I wish I could tell you that we're not going to have things that hurt us. I can't do that. But I can tell you this by faith. I can tell you this, that God will never leave you or forsake you. And he will walk with you through those storms when it's the worst. I believe that. we got to hold on to that. Do you realize what God has done in this church? 
Me and Todd ain't got enough sense to do that. Amen. I'll amen that. Huh? Don't be talking too loud. So, God is our refuge. He gives us purpose. He gives us meaning in our lives. And we endure these things because we trust him. We change the channel. We got to think about it. We got to turn it to God. It's not our, it's not our uh, thing that we normally do. How do we do that? How do we do that? And I'm going to wrap it up here. First of all, I want to ask you a question. Don't, don't say it out loud, but I'm just asking you because I know it's varied among the congregation. How much time do you spend in the Word? How much time do I spend in the Scriptures? We just completed a Bible study with the praise team. And it was probably one of the most rewarding things that I've been a part of in this church. Do you know what? If you spend 15 minutes a day in the Scripture, you can read the Bible in a year. 15 minutes a day. Man, I wait longer than that at Walmart to get through the line. 15 minutes. How else can we do this? How else can we do this? We can pray. We've talked about that. We can pray. Pray and get in the Word. The other thing that I think is important, and I think this church is amazing with that, and that is the, these small groups and these study groups and these things that we're involved in. You need to be connected. I need to be connected. It's kind of nice when you walk in and somebody goes, man, I had a lousy week. How was yours? And you go, it was awful. And then they start telling you about how things happened and how, and you just, yeah, wow, I'm not the only one, but Jesus, yeah, oh, wow. And then you start talking and the next thing, look at this. I have a biker share group. I have a motorcycle share group that I started. It was for people that ride motorcycles. How many of you know Nancy and David Walton? They joined my share group. They don't own a motorcycle. And they love to be in our group. And I love for them to be in our group. Here's the thing. We meet around Jesus. That's our commonness. We talk about motorcycles because that's our passion. But Jesus is why we're there. Get involved in a share group. If you don't know where there's one at, you come to me, come to Jeff, one of the members of the staff, call the office, say, I want to plug into one of these. You'll find strength. It's like, like I said, it's like plugging into that energy thing. But do that. And then finally, how do you survive? We survive in his strength, his power, and his presence. James says, consider it all joy when you're persecuted. I'm going, really? You're supposed to consider that a joy? And he says, so that you may be mature and complete, not, not, not lacking anything. And that's from James 1. The question isn't really why, because we never know why. The, the better question is, to whom do you look when you have these issues and problems in your life? My word today is that we need to look to Jesus. That word I pointed out, it said, teacher, teacher, we're, we're perishing, right? That was in Mark 4. When you read over a little bit further in some of the Acts of the Apostles, they're calling him Lord. Man, they're connected to him now. He was a teacher here, but now he's our Lord. I want to be in the Lord group, don't you? I want to be in a personal relationship with him. I don't want to have to get acquainted with him when that first wave hits the boat. I want to know that he's there. If you're in the boat with Jesus, here's what you need to know. He's in the boat. He's in my house. He dwells within me. How many of you really realize that? How many, how many, you know? He dwells in you, Troy. He's like right here. He speaks to you. Whoa, dude, that's like crazy stuff right there. Yeah. He's with me. He's with me. Say that. He's with me. 
And then this is the one I like the most. He, say it with me, He is for me. Woo! Kentucky Blue's good, but I like that pretty good right there. You know what I mean? I've been a Christian for a while. I've had a lot of storms in my life. I haven't always done right. Not proud of that. I had a great father. My father was a wonderful man. I lost him five years ago. I was standing over in the gym and I got a phone call. And uh, they told me he'd passed away. My father loved music. And uh, he gave that to me, that love for music. He taught me a song. And uh, I want to close with this song. I want to sing this song. I want you to listen to the words of this song. Uh, because it talks about the truth. What we've said here today, we believe to be truth. In the bottom of my heart, I believe what I've said to you today is truth. And that is that God loves you. He's for you. He's with you. He's with our church. He's with us. We must stay focused on that. Doesn't mean that it don't get tough. Doesn't mean there won't be tribulations. But it means he's with us. Amen? Amen. Listen to the words of this song. It's called Peace Be Still.
ask you to stand with me. It's been a tough week in a lot of ways, but it's been a good week in a lot of ways. This is a time in our service here in this church where we, we uh, what we call we react, I guess would be the word. This is our invitation. Maybe you're sitting here today and you feel like you need to have the Lord's Supper with your family or maybe with a friend or a brother and sister in Christ. If you need to break bread together in the literal sense, that's what this is for on both sides. Maybe you're sitting here today and you've never, ever, ever given your heart to the Lord. There's no better time than today. But how do I do that, Kent? You invite him into your life. Scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. You come and say, Lord, I ask you into my life. And you know what? He'll do that. Amen? There's a room full of people in here. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us. I heard a story one time about a lady that went to church every year down in the country. And she'd go every year and she'd pray at the altar. And the preacher would say, can I help you? And she'd say, yeah. She'd say, I prayed. I want to get saved. And he'd say, did you confess your sins? And she'd say, yeah. And he said, well, do you feel saved? She said, no. He said, look at this passage right here, 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you believe that? Have you done that? She prayed again and she said, wow. It's from the heart. You confess your sins from the heart. You confess Jesus Christ as Lord. And he said he would do that. Jeff's going to come. He's going to be down here if you want to pray. We got deacons lined up everywhere. My wife will pray with you. He's a prayer warrior. We're going to do an invitation and we're going to sing. I hope you've been encouraged today. Don't leave here today feeling yuck. That's not good grammar either, is it? You get it? Don't leave today. Jesus loves you, man. How do you know that? Look at that right there. He died on that cross. Easter's coming.